G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. A changing of the guard on our commentary team and a special welcome along to Marika Granvold who is the State Director for the Australian Christians Party in WA and also a candidate in the East Metro. And Marika, a special welcome along to you. Thank you so much. It's awesome being here. And to James Parker. James is an abuse survivor. He's a former gay rights activist. He's also passionate about the godly restoration of men and women. James Parker, a special welcome along to you. It's great being on here with you today, Neil. Thanks for having us on. James, there's a specialised field that we'll want your comment on in just a few moments. So let me start with Marika and a big picture look at the election as it's taking place tomorrow in Western Australia. Marika, when it comes to the voting system, uh, are you happy with the voting system? And is there a particular way that you think Western Australian listeners ought to be thinking about how they vote tomorrow? Yeah, look, it's the final countdown now, but as I say to people, it's a great encouragement to know we do have a system where we are actually able to include a variety of viewpoints in our upper house. And of course, we know now as we've been teaching churches and showing them that voting for a party that is absolutely in line with your values does not constitute a wasted vote. So the way the preference system works in WA actually uh, adds value uh, when people vote one for Australian Christians. So the system here does give us a voice. Um, There's power in numbers. So the more people that actually vote according to those non-negotiables, the more people we can get into the upper house. Uh, Staying with you for a moment here, Marika, because uh, my former guests as commentators on this special edition today have been saying very kind things about the Australian Christians Party. Uh, I wonder whether, uh, you know, if you've got a response here, uh, because you have had your shoulder to the grindstone, you have been working hard over many years now, forming a foundation and uh, bringing to light those issues that Christians ought to be interested in. What are your thoughts for how the big parties are shaping up and the possibilities for Australian Christians Party tomorrow? Look, there has been a phenomenal groundswell um, over the last couple of years, and in particular with this election, I think, and James will touch on this in a bit, but with current issues that we're seeing with legislation being passed, I think many Christians are realising that it's no longer enough to pin our hopes on, on Christians in major parties because the results over the last 10, 20 years is just not bearing good fruit. So... My 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 encouragement to people is there is a good groundswell in WA. There's a lot on who are realising they want to actually stand unashamedly for the things that they value. Um, and as a result, you know, we've seen our membership, we've seen uh, Momentum, which is a workshop that we host. We see that just growing from strength to strength. Um, so, you know, there's a real positivity and a buzz uh, around what AC's been up to over the last couple of years. And to me, that's really encouraging. People are actually switching on politically and socially.
Okay, let's talk with you for a moment here, James. I introduced you as an abuse survivor, as a former gay rights activist, and uh, passionate about the godly restoration of men and women. And I know that you don't like to take sides politically, uh, because in the area you're dealing with, uh, there are some challenges, and uh, you need to have some level of support as things are going in WA and the fact that there is a uh, a mention in the Labor platform about dealing with issues like the conversion therapy laws and uh, we might reflect on those as they've happened in Victoria and the likelihood that they might be repeated in WA. What are your concerns for how the outcome might go tomorrow? Well, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you know, we live in a country, uh, Neil, that we call a democracy. And therefore, democracy is about the ability to be able to meet citizens where they are and to respect their freedoms. And uh, what we're beginning to see now is uh, we've seen it in Queensland, in ACT and very much so in Victoria, is that people's freedoms of speech, their freedoms of association, Mm -hmm. their freedoms of therapeutic choice, their freedoms of religious practice are now being legislated against. Uh, You know, I mean, this is the first time, as I see it, in the history of Australia that we've seen such draconian laws being brought in. And and that basically we're seeing uh, governments, regional governments, playing the role of Big Brother, telling people what they can and can't do. As mentioned, I am passionate about the godly restoration of men and women. And that means permitting them to have the freedom to go on the therapeutic or on the spiritual journey that they want to go on. And now what's happened is this is we've seen it, say, in Queensland ACT, in Victoria, they're trying to push this in Tasmania. And Mark McGowan has only this week, literally a few days or hours Mm. before a state election, turned around and publicly admitted that basically he's going to be pushing for um, a similar bill to Victoria around conversion therapy, which wouldn't be, I mean, I say it wouldn't be so bad. There's there's aspects, of course, of of, of therapy where people are forced or there's things that um, there's harmful Um, treatments that have happened by the state, not by the church in the past, um, but um, that we would want to see outlawed. And in fact, those, those, those treatments don't even happen anymore. But what's what's um, uh, critical, I think, for voters in WA at this time is that they become aware that if the copies and paste what they've done in Victoria, then actually the basic tenets of the Christian faith and how they practice that Christian faith and respect the word of God are now under the grossest threat here in Australia than ever before. And therefore, I'm saying to people, I say I'm not, I'm not about any particular party as such, but I am about Christian values. And WA Labour and Greens, they literally, they are, um, in a sense, they're demonstrating a hatred for Christianity and Christians need to wake up to that Okay, Marika Granvold uh, from the point of view of the State Director of the Australian Christians Party and uh, and I don't know whether you were aware of that, I wasn't aware that uh, Mark McGowan had come out and said yes, uh, we're going to pursue conversion therapy laws the same they do as in Victoria because there's a much deeper issue here the idea that conversion therapy laws create lawfare weapons for activists to use against against the Christian church. Uh, what are your thoughts for the possibilities uh, as McGowan is returned tomorrow as to how that might play out for Christians in Western Australia? 
Yeah, look, the most staggering thing for me is there is no modern evidence, um, you know, of these kinds of practices within the church. Um, you know, when you work through the legislation and you actually look at what they're basing um, this bill on, it's quite worrying that a lot of reports are quite anecdotal. Um, there are a lot of uh, uh, reports that you actually can't find the detail um, of, of some of these or, you know, grounds for some or um, uh, evidence to some of these instances happening. So my biggest worry is we've actually lost our ability to fight with the facts. And the problem is when you when you actually start pushing, especially with the Labor government, and this letter suggests that, when you start pressing people to, to go, hey, let's look at the facts of what this might mean for Christians and churches and, and, and um, you know, health workers, chaplains, it's very worrying because they're actually criminalising someone's basic human right to religious expression and speech. Now, when you have that conversation with everyday people, um, they're quite staggered. I mean, we've had hundreds of conversations over the last couple of weeks on early voting centres about this legislation. People are just completely baffled. They have no idea uh, what a lot of these parties have as far as social policy is concerned and I think that's the worrying thing you know sending a letter this close to an election day kind of holding off on bringing that truth just shows to me all the more reason that as Christians uh, that's our job we have to bring the truth into life and we have to fight with the facts. James Parker, as you say, there's not just the Christians and the prayer and the pastoral care and what the pastor preaches from the pulpit, but there are therapeutic applications, the medical profession, yes. parents, they are all going to be potentially criminalised if those laws change in WA. How serious do you think people should be taking the idea that if there is a return of the uh, total uh, total power for, uh, for the Labor government tomorrow, uh, that these things would be on the doorstep of people in WA? I think people need to be... Um well, I think they need to be frightened. That's a strong word to use, but they need to be really frightened of the fact that we have people parading themselves, turning around, talking about a strong and a safe WA. Whereas actually, I'm already being approached, Neil, by people who have come to WA from Victoria, from ACT, where they have been traumatized through childhood sexual abuse, where I've got one guy who is victim of rape in Victoria, and he's come to WA because he became aware that under the laws that they're pushing there, he wouldn't be able to get the necessary long-term treatment that he needs. So he's been, he's been doing, you know, really, really well here in WA. His depression is, is almost disappeared. His suicidal feelings have gone. His mental health is just escalating. It's wonderful to see. But now what's happening is he's beginning to plummet again because of these laws that are coming in. Now, this is one person. The, the challenge is this. This isn't just about what this law might look like tomorrow, but what a law, a, a ban on therapeutic choice and a ban on certain religious practice would look like 10 years, 15 years down the line. This is why parents with very young children, grandparents need to wake up today and say, actually, if there's an even slight possibility of the government turning around and criminalizing me for domestic violence, because I suggest to my own child that maybe at the age of four, five, six or seven, a boy isn't a girl or a girl isn't a boy or that they can't turn around and say they're lesbian or gay at the age of six, seven or eight years of age. 
And of course, we know that kids are doing this now because the safe schools material is basically being pumped into our children at school, which is deeply, deeply confusing them and taking them away from their God-given identity. So parents need to be aware that although they might be thinking, oh, well, McGowan's done a great job with COVID or, you know, we seem to be okay economically when everybody else is suffering. That isn't the underlying issue at hand. You know, first and foremost, we go to work because of family. And basically, we live our lives the way we do to support our families. Family is first and foremost. And that's why the Judeo-Christian message has been so important, because it seeks above all to honor the family and recognizes there's lots of breakages in family as well. Nobody's trying to pretend there isn't. But what happens is, is we must uphold those family values and particularly the rights of parents to be the primary educators of their children. They know their children better than anybody else. I'm a dad. I know my daughter better than anybody else does. I don't need the government telling me what I can and I can't say to my child. Marika Granveld, from the Australian Christians Party perspective, uh, we've been watching the dominoes fall. Queensland first with these conversion laws, then the ACT, and then uh, the mother of all uh, conversion laws, people describing them as the worst conversion laws in the world coming out of Victoria that criminalises Christian prayer and pastoral care and even what the pastor might preach from the pulpit and actually aligning Christian prayer with practices like torture. And some will say, Marika, why are you talking about this for the WA state election? It's not law yet in WA. Why are you even raising it? Uh, Of course, there'll be a battle ahead, but uh, this needs to be talked about now. Yeah, well, it has to be. And I guess uh, something James and I, you know, chat about a fair bit is the unfortunate thing is as Christians, as churches, as networked groups, we are always too late at at lobbying uh, parliamentarians, at getting the word out there. And this is another instance where we thought, no, this is too draconian. We need to be on the forefront here. And we actually need to start making churches and leaders aware of this legislation now um, so that it's not introduced in a year's time and a piece of legislation passes and what then? You know, we've missed the boat. Uh, We've seen that with a lot of legislation, especially with euthanasia, a lot of the the churches sort of removing themselves from the battle. So I think that it's important to keep these uh, bills in conversation. Yes, we're not trying to fear monger or anything like that, but we have to give people a sense of what is happening in the other states under particular governments so that people can make an informed decision about the leaders um, and the people that they support in various parties. And one part of us uh, are stewarding our vote and, and being mindful and encouraging Christians to vote the right way is to say, look, these are the types of things that these parties are introducing. Um, are you comfortable to vote for a party uh, that is going to potentially include this in a national framework? And this is what McGowan, um, what Premier McGowan, the letter has stated, that they are committed to uh, implementing this particular bill as part of a national framework. So we know already um, that this isn't limited to Victoria or ACT or Queensland. Um, I'm praying that it's not the case, but it almost seems like it's a matter of time uh, until this kind of legislation is being pushed here. And we have to stand firm against it. And that lobbying work and that education starts now.
James Parker, there are no guarantees, are there, that a conservative government might pursue these sorts of laws, but I guess if we're on the precipice of a big Labor win in WA, you've got to focus on the Labor Party and how they might respond here with, of course, the pressure that can come from groups like the Greens. What are your thoughts for the overall picture? It might not be just Labor that will give their support to these sorts of laws. Well, with all due respect, we actually have, uh, have approached all the other major parties and asked them what they think about this particular law. Um, I even sat in the offices of the Liberal Party and directly asked this question there to the chief of staff, who said, you know, this is, this is not something that is even crossed the minds of the Liberal Party over here in WA. And yet we, we um, um, uh, or rather... Uh, somebody I've come to know, put a request to Mark McGowan on the 15th of December last year, asking for an urgent response because of his therapeutic needs and because of his post-traumatic stress disorder he's been going through as a result of some of the just sexual demeanours against him in Victoria. Um, Mark McGowan, they say, held back and held back and only answered this young man on Tuesday. And so what I think is really quite diabolical is the fact that it took 12 weeks to respond um, from the Premier on such a delicate issue of somebody's delicate life. And, um, uh, and basically the young man who just sent me a copy of his response to the, uh, to the Premier McGowan said that he's now deep, deeply fearful of his own well-being as a resident here in Western Australia and for the well-being of many of the people like himself. He said that with the potential banning of successful and life-giving therapy, counselling and prayer around sexuality and gender confusion, he asks, what will happen to my mental health? Will I be forced back into the mental hell that I used to experience? He's questioning McGowan. Does he really support survivors of abuse and victims of rape? Uh, and, and this is a critical issue at a time when our children are becoming more and more sexualized. And when even the police are saying that they're getting more and more cases of child abuse from teenagers against young children. You know, these, these, are, these are critical issues today. And as Marika has very wisely said, we need to be on the front foot. All the other major parties have said that this is, not, this is something that is definitely not a priority and it's not really on their radar. And yet Mr McGowan has made it absolutely clear that he's going to pump millions into this and his party is, um, is committed to moving forward with this law. So really, the, the writing is very clearly on the wall. We would be fools to ignore it. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. And Marika Granvold is one of our guests this hour. Marika is State Director of the Australian Christians Party in WA, also a candidate for East Metro. Our other guest on our commentary team for this special edition of 2020, James Parker, an abuse survivor and a former gay rights activist. James, let me come to you here and uh, just continuing on this very, very serious issue of the conversion therapy laws. And uh, we might be uh, accused as Christian believers of saying, here you are off on a tangent. And isn't this just somehow an attack of Christians against LGBT people? But I know you've got some concerns and uh, for how LGBT people have rights as well that are going to be trampled over if the McGowan government is returned tomorrow and pursues this idea of these conversion laws just like Victoria. How are LGBT people likely to be badly affected? 
Well, it, and certainly the LGBs are likely to be affected because basically what Mark McGowan is, is saying is that he is permitting for um, and, and anybody to be able to go by the gender that they wish to um, choose to go to go by. Um, and uh, what this means is this will have a profound effect on women themselves, first of all. It will, uh, uh, basically, it will just blow out of the water women's sport because, um, or, you know, all the, um, the, the people with the gold medals on the leaderboards in, in sporting activity in WA uh, will now become um, uh, chromosomal men who are saying that they're females. But it's not just that, but the Australia's national organization called the Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual Alliance, they've already turned around and said that the bill in Victoria was unasked for, it was unnecessary. And this is a strong word, well, two strong words. It said it was deceptive. And it was deceptive um, because it was based on unscientific information. It also called it homophobic. So we've got lesbian, gays and bisexuals from a national organization turning around to Daniel Andrews and saying your bill basically or what is now an act is deeply homophobic. Well, there'll be lesbians, gays and bisexuals here in WA who are also saying the same thing. They're basically saying that these these anti-conversion therapy laws are in and of themselves another form of conversion therapy. And they actually dangerously undermine children's safeguards. And they actually bring harm, not just to homosexuals, but to women's and children's bodies, to their rights and to their protections. And so we've got to wake up. I, I mean, literally, we are standing up in fighting a law of this type, which McGowan has now just a creepily last minute chosen to say he's going to bring in. These laws are about protecting the freedoms also of our LGB brothers and sisters. And I think that it's really, really important that we do that, that we look at what is best overall for our society. And I'd say this, you know, to every woman voter out there, I say, why would you want to vote for somebody who is going to, in some way or other, suppress, repress, or actually just totally, utterly destroy the dignity of women? It just seems crazy. In fact, it seems absolutely stupid to do that. So I ask people just to wake up to these laws and realize that actually it's pro-LGB to turn around and say, sorry, Mr. McGowan, but we don't want some of these silly bills that you're already promising to bring in should you be re-elected. Marika, love your thoughts Mm. on this issue. Anti-women laws, uh, women in sport, uh, the idea that sport is likely to be completely decimated uh, by some of these developments that we're seeing. Uh, The idea that the LGB community uh, didn't even ask for these uh, conversion therapy laws. Now you have uh, the WA Premier saying that he will deliver something similar to what's in Victoria. What are your thoughts around those developments? Look, yeah, one thing I find quite worrying as well, and just touching on what James was saying, is, um, you know, uh, Premier McGowan's response uh, to this letter was also saying that, uh, you know, the government's very committed to ensuring that trans people uh, who commit crimes are incarcerated in prisons, uh, of which they identify their gender. So, you know, even even that to me is quite worrying, that we're going to see some issues, even within our criminal justice system, where um, if you perhaps have a, a male who's not comfortable going into a male prison, well, what stops him from saying he identifies as a female uh, and being able to transfer to, to a female prison? 
So, you know, I think common sense has kind of missed its way a little bit in these conversations and people have tried, especially with this particular government policy, have gone so far to try and appease such a small minority of people that we've still forgotten the majority of people out there, male and female, probably don't look too too comfortably on things like this. Um, and even, you know, sort of scanning through some of the summaries um, in response to this conversion bill, uh, you know, the Victorian Women's Guild, um, they are strongly opposed uh, to this bill because, again, they're sort of saying, hang on, uh, women have dignity, women have worth. We're actually removing the term female and uh, in a lot of these pieces of legislation, actually undermining um, their contribution, their value to sport. Um, so, you know, just those two issues alone should be enough for people to go, hang on, maybe, uh, you know, spending $30 million on implementing these kinds of programs is, is not a best, best use of our money. Um, why can't we re-divert it into programs that actually do fully support young people and children with their mental health? Um, and we know in WA, uh, people, young people are struggling. Um, so for me, I think when it comes to a Accountability and looking at where we're actually spending our money, um, there are better ways uh, to spend our money and looking after the well-being of children and young people rather than diverting it into these um, pieces of legislation and programs that really only look after a very small minority of the population. James Parker, people will say, how wide will those sorts of laws reach? How much damage will they do? Uh, when we talk prisons, uh, schools, universities, government departments, uh, these are challenging times ahead. And if you don't uh, use your vote wisely, uh, then you're actually just going along with these things and just letting them happen, aren't you? That's right. So really, if people aren't careful, if, they, if they're listening to, the, to this sort of ubiquitous message that WA is strong and safe with WA Labour, what they're doing is they're actually, it would appear that they're voting for pro-hate of women. They're talking about pro-hate of uh, many life issues, that the, the essence of what keeps us all here on earth anyway. And so what's mm. happening is they are turning around and they're permitting, in a sense, a tail to wag the dog. They're permitting uh, minorities with their unscientific research to turn around and to dictate what can and cannot happen for the next four years here in what is absolutely an incredible and glorious place to live in Western Australia. Uh, you know, we're already, um, uh, people's lives are a bit tender because of what's happened with COVID already. You know, yes, there's been some good work done around that, but there are many, many, many policies out there that are not being fulfilled and that actually work against Western Australians. And people need to wake up about that and they need to vote accordingly tomorrow in this state election. Marika Granveld, let me ask you about the overall impression you have of leadership and the idea that there may be something we're observing now in this cultural revolution, a rise of authoritarianism in our Australian context in a state like WA. We might be wondering about what other motives political leaders have and uh, and how they might be planning to come down so heavy against the church because that's what that sort of law that we're talking about means. What are your thoughts here for a rise of authoritarianism and the need for a Christian voice in the WA Parliament? Mm. 
You know, for many years, I think we've seen this huge imbalance and this massive void of uh, Christians participating in the conversation. And in a sense, I almost see the selection and sort of the lead up to the selection over here um, as a leveling. You know, people are starting to find their voice again. They're starting to realize, look, uh, there is going to be pushback. It might be uncomfortable. Uh, It's always uncomfortable talking about these things. Um, But, you know, I think a lot of people are realizing it's important. Um, And for me, uh, leadership, you know, yes, a lot of people have said, you know, Mark McGowan has kept WA safe. And look, a lot of people share that sentiment. But I'd always encourage people to sort of look a bit deeper than than sort of the last year and actually look at things um, uh, sort of in their completeness uh, and look at what these parties stand for and I guess what their record and track record is for encouraging freedom of speech, for encouraging religious expression. You know, these things are fundamentally Aussie, you know, for everybody to have a fair go. So uh, the moment we, we see those, those fundamental human rights being challenged, I think it should really uh, resonate with any Christian and, and person in general uh, because that's what we value you know people have fought and died for us to enjoy uh, the liberties and the freedoms we have today so it's definitely something worth protecting um, and I think when governments start to, uh, start to overreach into areas of personal liberties of course we have to to say something so I think now um, I feel there's a leveling out I think people are starting to be a bit more comfortable you know for many years after the same-sex marriage legislation a lot of Christians removed themselves from the conversation it really created this perfect storm and this vacuum uh, for something else to fill in and pose that gap. But I think Christians have a voice, they have a powerful voice, um, and it is worth sharing uh, the truth um, definitely into, into the next year. Let me ask you, Marika, the McGowan, Mark McGowan has campaigned against the Liberals, saying they are risky, inexperienced, Uh, not ready to govern. And uh, it doesn't take much uh, when you look at uh, WA politics Mm. to actually make that assessment. Uh, What are your Mm. thoughts for the idea that uh, Zach Kirkup has been in damage control and saying, you know, uh, well, he's basically conceded the election, uh, but he's really saying, you know, don't let Labor have uh, the full total control of both houses. Uh, What are your thoughts here as we just get into some of these nitty gritty things, uh, your impressions as even as a candidate for Australian Christians Party and as the state director, what are your thoughts about what's happening there on both sides and are those actually accurate assessment of what uh, about the Liberals? Uh, look, it's always tricky commenting on other parties, but one thing I will say is I know um, what a tough gig this is. And, you know, uh, whether you're the leader of, of the Liberals, whether you're an AC, whether you're in the Labor Party, you know, politics is a tough gig. And so I do commend, uh, you know, Kirkup for actually... Uh, into this position because let me tell you there probably wouldn't have been a lot of people wanting to do this Um, so you know hats off to him for that but Again, when you're heading into any election, uh, you need strong leaders at the helm. You need people who will be able to motivate your your candidates and your helpers. Um, and I just feel like, unfortunately, this time around, a lot of the, the policy announcements, uh, a lot of it was so on the back foot. And, you know, there were sort of people going, OK, you know, this week there's going to be sort of a, a reinvigoration or this week there's going to be a positive uh, spin on this policy. But, you know, it just never came. So it's unfortunate, but I think Kirkup was was thrust into this position, and unfortunately, it was it was too late. 
Um, and I think most people by that stage have already made up their minds. And of course, if you're if you're coming against someone like McGowan, who um, with the media and the rhetoric out there and what's being reported, uh, it's almost like you know David and Goliath battles. So uh, whilst I, I I really do uh, commend him for for taking the step into this position, I do fear though that he really lacked, I guess, that that fortitude and that leadership uh, to be able to see the Libs through a very very tough election period. Uh, Marika, let me ask you about the chances of election of someone perhaps from the Australian Christians in the lower house or upper house possibilities because you yourself are a candidate for East Metro and I might say for listeners that uh, all of the different Christian organisations that have been doing research and making up Mm. checklists so that people can see where parties stand on various issues, uh, they all come out in a big uh, glowing way and put big ticks in the box for the Australian Christians. Uh, So uh, let me just ask you here about your chances Mm -hmm. of having someone elected in the lower house and and then the possibilities for the upper house. Yeah, look, we know that in the lower house, it's a two-horse race. I mean, you need 51% of the vote. So uh, whilst we say nothing is impossible, we know that from a numbers point of view, it is very, very difficult for AC to get a lower house candidate elected. Um, So really, our lower house candidates kind of act as troops on the ground. You know, they're there to encourage people to know about the party, hear about the party. Uh, And again, just such a massive part of, of helping to expose people to Australian Christians. Um, the, the upper house, of course, is a different ball game. Uh, it is a preference system. So what people don't realise is a lot of what happens on election day, a lot of this is actually planned and negotiated, you know, almost a year in advance. So over the last year, you know, it's building relationships with like-minded parties, uh, like-minded people, um, and then, of course, working as hard as you possibly can to get your primary up. So we know, and, and you know, as the numbers suggest, that is going to be a tricky one, but but I'm really confident that we'll see a good result this election, um, and you know have some of those areas reach over four uh, percent, which is a real encouragement to us. Uh, but you know we'll just have to wait and trust God. You know we've worked so hard. You know all the candidates, the team members. I mean everybody has worked incredibly hard. Uh, so I'd like to think you know that's going to be a pretty good fruit on the weekend. Marika, I think uh, listeners will wish you all the best. Uh, for the election tomorrow. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.